It's worship time. All ye children, come to worship the Lord. Amen. Welcome to the Bread and Wine Podcast. Uh, my name is Seth, and we've got Carl, and yet again, another special, special Woo! guest. Her name is Noelle. Welcome, Noelle. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. What are we talking about today, Carl? We're talking about worship. Amen. Yes. Uh, Noelle is really... Uh, how do I put this? A gigantic gift to the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Tremendous blessing, not only to our whole community, but to the world. And family. To the family of God, to the whole family of God. And you're going to be blessed by her words today. She has led us in worship for really over the past year. Um, and she's very, very uh, sensitive to the Holy Spirit in worship. So we're going to crack open what is worship today and especially for you for you guys out there that may not like to worship you're like oh, i don't worship's not really my thing uh hopefully that this podcast will spur you on to begin worshiping the lord in maybe new ways you never thought of um but also just to start if you don't know where to start so the first question i just want to ask noel is what is worship mm. what is it mm. wow yeah, I would say um, worship, first and foremost, worship is connection. Worship is connection to the Holy Spirit. So mm. it's not just words. It's not just singing or song. It's not just just one, you know, a couple individuals up on stage rocking out on their guitars, smoking lights, and, and, and you know, the audience is just kind of like, yeah. It's not just an agreement. It's not just a form yeah. of agreement. Worship is connection. Or just emotion. It's not just emotion. Yeah, it's not just emotion. It's not just a it's not just a hype scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah honestly, like to just be honest, like that's one of the things that, that really grinds my gears, mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, when it feels more like a show than it does a connection with Jesus, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and like as Seth was saying in the intro, you are very, very sensitive to that, and we're very, very thankful for that, mm -hmm. for, for you to help usher us into that connection with the Lord, because that's honestly like what it feels like a lot of times, like at Rooted when we're worshiping, it feels like you are assisting us in connecting with Jesus. Like mm -hmm. you're like listening to his heart, you're listening for his voice, like, and you're like, you share it with us so well and um, that helps us to connect to him and that's when things really get glorious Amen. Amen. and I think for me growing up the kind of negative side of worship in church was it it felt like a performance it was it was always kind of like this tug from whatever leader was up on stage it was kind of like Come on, you guys need to worship God. You guys need to raise your hands. You guys need to do X, Y, Z mm -hmm. for the Lord. And it always felt like I'm, you know, kind of working for something. It didn't feel like something. It didn't feel like a connection. Mm -hmm. It felt like I was here to do my lip service for God and that he would, you know, acceptable, acceptably like it. And that would appease him for the week. Yeah. Um, and so that, that type of mentality... Uh, kind of creates this view of God where I'm coming to just 
uh, give him stuff that he likes or wants, but this really has nothing to do about me connecting with him, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. And when that when that switch for me happened, and I was like, wait a second, I'm coming to like commune with the living God. Yes, I'm coming to give him my whole heart, to lay it down, to lay down any thoughts that I have, whatever situations are going on in my head right now, whatever I've got in my life, all that stuff doesn't matter right now. And I'm coming in to worship God simply for who he is, not for what he can give me or what he's done for me, which those things are included as well. But just simply gazing at his face and giving him all of my being in a moment and saying, I am all yours. There is nothing left that that I can give. I'm giving you everything that I am. I'm giving you my heart. I'm giving you my soul. I'm giving you my affections, my desires. Everything is yours. And when that, when that happened and that my idea of worship changed from service to communion, uh, that's, that's really, I think for me, when I started growing in my relationship to the Lord in Mm -hmm. astronomical ways, Yes, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it definitely is communion. It's to be with and to belong in the presence of Jesus. It's not about uh, performance by any means. Uh, uh, worship shouldn't, shouldn't uh, come with a feeling of obligation, of like, mm. oh, I have to. I have to serve the Lord or I have to do this so I can be blessed for the rest of the week or just so I know that God is satisfied. Mm. God doesn't, God doesn't, <laughs> God doesn't need our stuff. He just wants our hearts. Mm. And the only way that we can give him our hearts is to just be with him and to spend time with him and to invest in his spirit well. as he deposits stuff into us and reveals mysteries about who he is. We have to... We have to be willing to just in the middle, even in the middle of our chaos of life and doing things, take time to just recognize his spirit and acknowledge his presence. Amen. Like, I mean, I can be washing the dishes or doing laundry or run into the grocery store or be at the gym or whatever I'm doing. And it's counted as worship, if not more so than just a Sunday morning service. And I'm not slamming that yeah, by any yeah, means. Yeah, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. that you can't love or worship, praise God, that, you know, with other believers there and that God's presence won't be there, etc. I'm saying that um, we, it, it is urgent hmm. and it is, it should be, it sh- our hearts should be desperate for the presence of God yeah. and our everyday mundane activities and in the little things that um we you know we we can't we shouldn't put it in boxes we shouldn't be like okay this is our this is our jesus time this is our this is our this time this is our job this is our career this is our family and relationships and and you know and box it in like that like we just need to be like okay jesus like help help me see where you're at and let me just connect you like if even if that's all I can do, if I can, that's worshiping God in spirit and truth. That is worshiping God in spirit and truth, because 
even in those moments and stuff like that, you could be having a crappy day at work. You could, you know, <laughs> have somebody yeah. get really upset at you or, you know, or everything's just, everything's just going wrong. Everything's going wrong. And, um, but the more that we seek his face, the more he's made known to us. And we know that we carry his presence and we have that constant connection. He's not going anywhere. Right. Yeah. He wants constant, he wants constant communication, constant communion, constant connection with us. It's us having to realize that time is something he's given us to use to connect with him. Not to, not to serve, not to serve the world or to serve fleshly desires, but time is given to us to commune with the spirit of God. Man, what does that look like for you, Carl? Hmm. Worshiping throughout your day, throughout your life, a life as worship, because this goes beyond, uh, you know, a, a couple hours of songs a week or even worshiping your car to song. This is deeper than just singing. Singing is certainly yes. a tremendous aspect of this, but what does a lifestyle of worship look like for you in your life at this point? Yeah, honestly, that's what I kept hearing as, as you were talking, Noel, just like lifestyle of worship. I love how you said that, bro. Um, and it's so funny. I love how the Lord, when you really stay in this posture, every single thing that we walk through and go through in life connects. Yeah. Like everything is a word from the Lord. Yes. Like walking through your daily life, like because we were getting ready to talk about worship, I have something to add to this that has to do with worship in my life, like making a lifestyle of worship. Um, because the Holy Spirit is God and he's sovereign and he knows like what we need to hear and talk about and discuss. And, um, so just sharing practically for myself today, it's been a busy day for me. I woke up and I spent some time with the Lord and, um, it was really, really sweet time. I started off in a posture of worship and I don't always spend as much time as I did this morning. It was like a, it, it was a couple hours at least a few hours perhaps. And after that I started painting, um, a shed uh, a couple sheds actually for um, uh, my, my landlords there. Um, some of the largest gifts in my life right now, they have supplied me with a place to live and um, they're helping me out with the whole kinds of stuff. Anyway, um, I was just really reflecting on like, as I was going out there and before I went outside to go paint the sheds, I was just like full of gratitude in my heart that like exactly like Noel was talking about. It's not just a Sunday morning event that like I have access to the Lord to worship him, to be with him, to connect with him whenever the heck I want, whenever I make time for him. That means like when I wake up in the morning, I can connect with the Lord. And that means that when I'm getting ready to go paint outside, I can connect with the Lord. And because of this lifestyle of worship where I'm constantly seeking him, like in all things and like in every area of my life, whether it's painting a shed or, or going out and delivering signs around Murfreesboro all night long, Holy Spirit. <laughs> uh, I just got a new job. I'm asking yeah. Lord for help with it. Um, it's just this constant that. posture yeah. of praise towards the Lord in 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 Amen. a seeking heart. God, the the Bible says that God is a rewarder of those who seek Him. So why are we not trying to receive that? Of course, like it's not about what yeah. He gives to us, like Seth said. But there is that aspect of it where we recognize that when we come to Him, when we give Him everything that we have, there's all this, also this knowing understanding where it's like, well, 
God, you told me that you're a rewarder of those who seek you. So like, let's make life a scavenger hunt with you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you trying to say, Holy Spirit? Like, what yeah. are you trying to show me? What yeah. do you want to talk about? Um, what's on your mind? What do you think about the um, relationships that I'm in right now? What do you think about the job opportunities that are in front of me? What do you think about like mm-hmm. how I should spend my time, God? What, what would be worship unto you? And mm-hmm. so just asking him those questions of every single area, like... Eh, anything right like before you make any decision um i feel like looking to him first is a is a great way to like stay in that mm-hmm. posture of worship you know and stay mm-hmm. connected staying connected stay connected yeah. yeah that's the move and what we're really hinting around here what i'm hearing is the sacred versus secular divide that we tend to section our lives off by that i have this sacred time uh at this hour on this day or on these days, these specific times, then I have the rest of it. And really when, when you can bridge that divide and, and just make everything sacred and say, this is all unto you, God, all of my time is unto you. All of my time is unto you. All of, all of my events of the day, all of my occupations, my, the things that require my attention, they're unto him. Uh, and the things that I'm going, you know, what do I need to do? God, I just ask him and he can point me in the right direction. And so I'm worshiping him with my decisions and my choices and my actions. And and so my life truly is a big ball of worship because I'm being guided by his spirit in everything. Uh, And that's truly the pocket of peace that he wants us to live in Uh, when we admire and Mm -hmm. choose his desires over our own that is worship when we sacrifice our desires our fleshly desires but anything that is against his will and say no i'm gonna follow your will in this area in this little tiny thing even i'm gonna say yes to it that is an act of worship uh and even a heart of gratitude saying god i thank you for these situations these scenarios in my life these happenings these events in my life that are taking place this day that i have each day is a gift uh, a heart of gratitude, a heart of thanksgiving, um, all these things really, really are, are, they're also protection against the enemy too. A heart of gratitude, a heart of thanksgiving is protection against doubt, against faithlessness, um, against anything that enemy's trying to throw at you. It's like, wait, I'm going to take my shield of faith and worship God through these things, and he's going to point me into every direction I need to go. And then so these fiery darts that are firing me, they can't even stay because I'm worshiping the Lord and I'm following him and I'm obeying everything he's saying to do. I don't have to guess. It takes the guesswork out of life if we can worship God with our decisions. (laughs) You don't have to guess. He's got it figured out. He's got the answer. (laughs) I'm in. Uh, What else, Noelle? What was your experience in worship growing into where you are now because now you are prophetically worshiping the lord in such powerful and deep ways and leading us into that how did you you steward that and get to a place of such intimacy with the holy spirit what did that look like for you in growing that wow i had to um spend spend time uh meditating on his word 
and just listening to his spirit in my in my everyday because before initially I did think it was kind of like an on and off switch almost um but worship also requires that you be a living sacrifice for Jesus right Mm. it doesn't mean that it's touch and go and it's this one time and on and off and back and forth and back and forth like we need to be something that is constantly connected and I had to let Jesus see the ugly the good the bad and the ugly side of my life and I had to let him see like I had to let him know how frustrated I was sometimes in my heart and when my heart was troubled you know like I had to be I know this is kind of (laughs) it's a weird word but I had to be spiritually naked before God yeah okay like I'm saying like like we have to be stripped of everything that we have put on ourselves, our our worldly fig leaves, or things that other people have said, here, try put this on. It'll keep you covered. It'll keep you covered for the week. Wow. Find all these other things to to put on or connect to, and that'll that'll fill the void of when you feel like you're spiritually just dragging that mm-hmm. in that moment or in that day. And I had to be like wait a minute, like, I have to take this off. I have to let the Holy Spirit take this off me so that way he can put clothe me in righteousness and robes of righteousness. And I have to be okay with his grace and his righteousness being enough and not try and, like, adjust it or tailor it to my liking or my fitting, but just let him be my com- my comforter and my shield and my salvation and let his grace be sufficient and let him be enough because when I let him be enough and I let him like strip me of everything else and when he clothes me like I'm found again mm-hmm. and I know that's kind of like <laughs> I know you're asking about worship it's kind of a little Uh, I guess side thing but Holy Spirit's bringing it up because it's like who are we without him yeah you know like how can we worship the one true God and how can we know who our maker is how can we come out into the open like God is giving us an opportunity an opportunity like Adam and Eve to come out into the open Mm. and to be honest with him yeah and to let him see and to understand everything fears flaws failures everything the good the bad and the ugly and let him say okay here's my son that's all paid for that's defeated it's crucified it's done here's the robes of righteousness let me put this on you because then we can actually stand in the presence of God. We cannot stand in the presence of God or connect with him or worship him if we do not 
receive the covering of blood that mm. Jesus shed for us. We can't. We have no way to the Father except through the blood of Jesus. Mm. Can't even say like how great his name is. We can't we can't admire our creator. Yeah. We can't connect to the Father who like our hearts have been wondering for a home, for a belonging, for a father, for adoration, for affection, for constant mm. attention and connection. We can't have that unless we let Jesus say, here, let me take that off and you put these on. You put the robes of righteousness on. And it's not something that we've made or have any, mm. like, it's not our name brand. It's for his namesake. Whoa. Yeah, that's really, 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 really powerful, Noel. Um, I'm really, really connecting with what you're talking about. It's kind of, it can be challenging for me to sometimes put words behind what, you know, is being experienced in worship. Um, especially, you know, when you when you watch someone who really, really has a deep heart of worship that the Lord has given to that person. You know, we're all, we're all called to worship the Lord. Um, and I've realized that we can really glean from people who really have a heart of worship, just watching the way that they interact with Jesus in worship. And I love just how you put that, like the spiritual nakedness thing. I really relate to everything that you just said, like coming as you are. He says, like, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And that, that can feel scary when you're used to being shamed or feeling guilt or, being anxious or afraid to show any weakness, but it, it says in the word that in our weakness is strength is made perf- perfect. That yes. his power is made perfect in our weakness. So I love your, I love your, you're talking about coming to the Lord in weakness, right? Yes. I mean, like in, in another, another way yeah. to put it in, yeah, vulnerability. And um, the thing I love so much about what you're saying is it just is, it's punching religion square in the jaw and just telling it to leave because religion yes. says you have to come to Jesus, like get your Sunday best on, you know, and you have to worship Jesus exactly like this. And if you don't worship him exactly like this, then he won't hear you. But you're saying it's the blood of Jesus that empowers us and allows us to stand before God with in connection. And um, I just wanted to share, like I remember as a kid, I didn't realize how much um, the spirit of religion plagued me. And and the Lord just continues to, you know, reveal things and remove things. Like we we, we all got together recently and just had dinner and we're just praying into some things that the Lord's been putting on our hearts. And and we got to pray together after for a while. And I got freedom because we just stared at Jesus. Like we didn't do anything. We just stared at Jesus. And I caught some freedom from literally just staring at the Lord. And and that was a huge gift. And and it's nice to have brothers and sisters who are willing to be bold and courageous in in, in, in their worship and connecting with God to say, like, let's put everything else aside and stare at Jesus together because he's made us a family and this is a gift because now we're in relationship with him. What I wanted to share specifically about the religion thing is I remember being in church as a kid. And I didn't, I had never seen anybody raise their hands. I had never seen anybody like, um, sing with all their heart unto the Lord. Like it was very religious worship was, that's how I remembered as a kid. And I remember actually this one family that, that came to church, they were new, you know, it was like, I don't know if you ever went to church as a kid. It's like, oh, there's a new family that's coming. Who are they? I wonder about them, you know? And they came and I remember the dad 
he was the only guy in the whole church and he would raise his hand in worship. And I remember looking at this guy and judging him and condemning him <laughs> in my heart immediately. I was like, what is Whoa. this guy doing? I can't believe he's raising <laughs> his hands. And like, these are the thoughts running through yeah. my head and the lies that I'm agreeing with because that's what religion was telling me. And I didn't realize, but I was gripped by religion back then. I had no idea. I was just a kid. It wasn't my fault. I had no idea. Right. But that's, that's, like what religion says and that's the powerful thing about worship is like when you bust through some stuff and like you give god you worship him with all your heart soul mind and strength like whatever that looks like for each person sometimes that looks like being still and listening sometimes that looks like busting through like high praise like get out of my way enemy you know i'm going to the throne room in jesus name coming before the throne of grace boldly in our time of need because of the blood of jesus but Anyway, I say I like to say, like, I grew up with a very religious perspective on worship. I had no clue what real worship was. I didn't know that I could actually connect with the Father or Jesus or the Holy Spirit. I didn't know any of that stuff. Religion does not want any of those things to happen. So my question for you is, like, um, what do you remember about being a little girl? Like, what do you remember about growing up with Jesus? Um, What do you remember about worshiping as a child? Like, what was that like? Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, my I grew up, uh, my parents did ministry um, and was connected with like house church and everything. So I, I grew up in a very um, spiritually active and healthy community. Uh, I, I definitely think, you know, from a child's perspective, uh, I wanted to know more about who Jesus was because I could definitely see um, and I experienced his peace and his joy just even from a very young age. Like uh, my brother, I remember one time, uh, my brother, he he prayed for me. We were going, we were going, we were about to go to bed, but we would pray before we go to bed. My brother like laid hands on me and I just started involuntarily shaking, and I didn't know what it was. But at this, like, I was like, "Okay, my hands are trembling," but I felt like something within me responding, and like I just, even though I was like, "I don't know what's happening," my bot, like my spirit, had complete peace and joy. So like. From a very young age, I I knew that the that God was real. I never questioned that. I knew His Spirit was alive and active. Um, I wow. saw it uh, in our house church. And then, and then I would say, um, I got baptized when I was about five years old, um, <laughs> and, I, and I committed my life to Jesus because uh, I wanted because I wanted to live for Him. Um, and, uh, everything was really good, continued to learn and grow more, um, just physically, but also spiritually, you know, and Mm then, um, when I hit middle school, some hard things happened, uh, took some losses, I'll just put it that way, um, and without going super deep into my whole story, um, I... I couldn't reject or deny 
God's existence or his love because I had already received him into my heart. Mm. Yet there was a part of me that felt betrayed because of the losses in my life. And I thought that God had somehow forsaken me. And so I lacked understanding of who he was, but I also lacked understanding of uh, the connection that I could have, that I could have had with him. And for a while, I uh, felt like I I loved him, but I felt like I couldn't completely trust him. I couldn't fully trust his spirit. Um, And so I uh, wasn't fully living for him. I wasn't fully a living sacrifice. And I almost just like rebelled. Like I resented him because I was like, well, if you don't step in and you didn't care about, you know, saving this, or healing or redeeming this part of my life, then why on earth should I, you know, I almost became entitled Hmm. to think that I'm like, you know what? God doesn't deserve every part of me because he held back on me. Hmm. Or he gave up. He didn't didn't come through for me. So he didn't get all of my worship because I thought he, he didn't give all of himself for me. Hmm. And then... But that entire time, I still couldn't ignore his spirit. And I had, and I, there's still a part of me, because I had already received him, right? There was still a part of me that was pulling, that was pulling me like, come on, please, God, please. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. And I felt like there was this battle over my soul for like a few years, actually. Um, because that entire time my family would would still have uh, get together with other believers and I would at that point too uh, I was I got more involved in like uh, people at my church were like hey do you want to like start playing keyboard and like help helping it lead out on worship and stuff like that and like when I would start playing and stuff like that I would like I would feel the Holy Spirit's presence and like part of me would be like yes I love it but then the enemy would, so I feel conviction and that pull of like, come and, come and join me. Come, come learn who mm. I am. I'll show you who I am. You know, like I, I heard that. I felt that tug in me, but there was another part of me that felt condemnation and was listening to the lies of the enemy saying, oh, but you're the one that ran away. Like, you're the child that was good and you had every chance to come back to him and then you chose to put walls up and do da 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 you know start affiliating yourself with the world and start you know trying to gain the approval and the pleasure of man and valuing that and you know, all these accusations, the enemy would just throw accusation after accusation back at my face and make, ultimately make me feel ashamed. Like make me, make me believe that I couldn't, that I hadn't, I wasn't worthy to come back to the father because I was the product, the spiritual prodigal son that ran away. 
but I, but I got to a point where I was like, I'm sick and tired of being in the pit with dealing, you know, sleeping with the pigs and being in the mud, so to speak. I just got sick and tired of that. Like my relationship, even with my brother and sister, like with my family, I started realizing who I was becoming. Like I started seeing, I was like, did I just say that? Did I just say that to my sister? And I'm like, I didn't, I started realizing, I'm like, I'm becoming a very bitter, angry person. And I didn't like that. And I really was like, I reached this point where I was like, I'm tired of being angry, but I'm so hurt, but I don't know who I can trust. And that entire time, Holy Spirit was speaking to me day and night. At nighttime, he gave me dreams. He gave me dreams like almost every night or like every other night. He'd be giving me like spiritual dreams and it'd be like almost like symbolic of just, it, we don't have to get all into the dreams, but I mean, I was just like, I could not ignore the pursuit, the Holy Spirit pursuit of my heart. And um, shame was the one thing that kept being a roadblock and kept almost like every time I would reach out mm. to the hand that the Holy Spirit was extending to me, the enemy would push me back with shame. Here you go. That's your portion. Shame. Mm. Take it. And um, and then one night, I remember, I just was like, I felt that. And I just was like, you know what? you know what <laughs> I don't know I don't know why ha- why you know why I had to go through the hurt why I had these losses and the pain but God you're real and you're better than who I, than who I am and the way I'm living right now and I know you love me and I'm just sick and tired. I've tried everything else. I've tried everything else to fill the void and to find something that is that is as trustworthy as you. And no one or nothing else compares. No one or nothing else is as trustworthy as the Holy Spirit. And so the fact that you've been pursuing me this long and the enemy has been trying to bog me down this long means that I am important to you. I guess I am important to you and my life as a living wow. sacrifice is important to you. So I just was like, Jesus, I'm a, I'm I'm a mess right now and I have resented you and rebelled spiritually in my heart against you in so many ways and I'm like, I don't even know if I am worthy to come back to you. But if you say so, if you say I can come back, then I'm taking you at your word right now and I'm coming back to you and I'm here I am and I'm sorry and I just repented right then and there mm. and I recommitted my life to Christ and then I started kicking down every stronghold and breaking every chain in Jesus' name and I started casting like spirits like dark spirits out of my room i just was like in jesus name enemy like 
you have no more control or power over me. You don't get a say in my salvation anymore, you know? Um, and just like, yeah, yeah. repenting and, and kicking out, you know, cutting off the bad and receiving Jesus and receiving his light, you know? And I'm like, and, and my thing too is like, you know, uh, you know, the enemy is like, well, what if you sin and what if you mess up and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe I will. But even if I do, I'm going to trust that he's going to catch me. And I'm going to trust that he's going to be Jesus. there. Because every time that I have falled, like, I can't pick myself back up. And you've done nothing but, like, try to push me deeper in the mud. Right. So I'm not trusting you. You have to go. You have to get out of my heart. You have to get out of my mind, out of my life, get out of my room. Like, yeah. I just kicked him out because I was like, you aren't trustworthy. Mm. I can't trust myself. I don't know how to pick up my own pieces because I'm all over the place. So I'm going to let Jesus pick me up and make me new. And that's what he did. Mm. And then from there, like literally the next day, woke up and was like, I just felt I just felt so light. I felt mm. completely different. I started apologizing and reconciling with my sister and with my family members just about how I'd been acting and treating them over the past, you know, months and years. Um, and praise God now. I mean, like, I just started, like, I just wanted to seek him. I just wanted to know who he was. Uh, so I started, you know, getting rid of the music and getting rid of the paraphernalia and all the junk that I had been dabbling in beforehand and just started being like okay even though i really don't know how to um i need to i need to come back and i need to find your presence lord so i'm like even if i just spend like five minutes a day i'm gonna spend five minutes and like read a psalm uh show me who you are tell me who you are um and make me new uh and you know, would have quiet times and start listening to worship music, start filling my mind and, and my soul with uh, with things from the spirit, with new things, with new songs, psalms, hymns, and spiritual mm-hmm. songs, and just uh, you know, allowing him to to teach me his ways and to understand who he who he is. Because first, he reveals himself to us, and then he gives us. The opportunity to reveal ourselves to him mm-hmm. that's how it works and when i realized i'm like wow god you're so good and you're worthy of my life and that just created and spurred on more of the desire yeah. just to live for him uh, and just to even just be at peace and the satisfaction that i'm re- i'm redeemed i'm saved i'm his and yielding to his presence, yielding to his spirit, it's so worth it. Like, for anybody that listens to this, if there's any area of your heart or your mind, whether you're saved or you don't know Jesus fully yet, like, lay your burdens down. It's so, his yoke is so easy. He's not trying to control you or manipulate you. He's not angry at you. He's not trying to tell you what to do or how you should live his, how you should live your life. He just wants to be with you. 
And ultimately, if we're honest with ourselves and we're honest with God, that's all we want. That's all we want is just a, a place to be. A place to be safe, to have wholeness, to have peace. To know that we're found and we're secure and there's a place of just trust. And that's where that's who he is. That's where his spirit is. So I encourage everyone that's listening. Mm-hmm. Let him show you who he is and take your time. Take your time because he's not going to rush you or push you. Take your time. Let show him who you are. Show him who you are. Because he wants you. He wants all of you. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And as as we're wrapping this up, uh, one of the words that just kept ringing in my ear through that blessed, uh, all the blessed words Noel just gave us was freedom. Yeah. And there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And there is freedom for you to be had. And if you've been afraid to step into worship or uh Maybe the Lord says to you, I want you to go lay down with your face on the ground and cry out to me. Um, and you've been afraid to do that. Or there's been things that he's asked you to do to worship him as an act of obedience. And you've been afraid to do it. There is freedom <laughs> in that place if you just say yes. <laughs> and it, it's not the, the regimented... Stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. Raise your hands, guys. Come on. Bless the Lord. It's what is the Holy Spirit trying to lead you into? He's leading you into freedom. Um, Just like he led Noel into freedom. He wants to lead you into freedom. He wants to lead me into freedom. And we need that every single day. So we do not submit to a yoke of slavery. No yokes of slavery are allowed in the presence of the Lord in the worship of the Lord, in the freedom that the Spirit gives us. Thank you, God. So be blessed in your worship as you go on this week and as you go on into your life. And for those of you that have been afraid to step into maybe even different areas of worship, dancing, drawing, singing, especially the men out there who are afraid to sing, sing to the Lord. It's Scripture. Uh. (laughs) David sang and danced to the Lord. Destroy your any kind of masculinity that says I can't dance or sing to the Lord. You can, and it'll set you free. Noel, would you give us a quick blessing as we end this? Yes. Of worship. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being gentle and for being patient. Thank you, Jesus. We are worthy of belonging. You call us your own. 
Lord, I pray that you would create in us a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within us. God, that we wouldn't look to the world or to other people or to other things to satisfy us, Jesus. But that we would only be found in you, that we would have complete satisfaction in you, Holy Spirit. No other compares to you, Jesus, your goodness, your faithfulness, your trustworthiness, God. You always provide and you always come through. And you are never against us. You are always for us. You don't switch sides or play games with us, God. You have revealed yourself fully to us in the form of your Son. Coming from heaven to earth to be here with us, to walk through everything that a person could walk through to understand physical, mental, spiritual, emotional pain and affliction. God, you bore everything. Thank you that you gave up your life so we could take on yours, so we could put yours on. Clothe us in your robes of righteousness, Jesus. Strip us of the old. Pray that we would Approach your throne boldly with the grace you've given us. That we wouldn't shy away from your presence or listen to the voice of shame or condemnation and speak against that in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we are free. We are free in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for this time. We honor you and we glorify you. You deserve all praise. Highest praises to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah.